168. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is John. I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right. Acts chapter 17 through 20. Mm. Man. Okay. So yeah, Acts 17. Uh, You know, last time we talked about um, the Philippian jailer and how, you know, Paul was in prison and basically because of what happened, you know, him and his whole household came to believe. Paul got them baptized, the whole nine. We got converts, even in the midst of folks trying to stifle the Holy Spirit in the gospel. Acts 17, we come to one of the most famous chapters in the book of Acts. Right. right? And Paul travels 90 miles west to an area known as Thessalonica, right? right? He didn't have you know, airlines or air max back then. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so this is crazy how committed Paul is to the gospel. That he's willing to take the gospel wherever it has not been. And he's in Thessalonica where we get, you know, the area that uh, he sends first and second Thessalonians to. Right. And in typical fashion, Paul is in the synagogues preaching, preaching, preaching. The Jews get mad and jealous. The text says, why? They begin to start these riots because they're losing both power and influence, right? right, right. The people are turning, the masses are starting to turn from uh, just mere Judaism to Christianity, right. right? And, you know, Paul is, is doing what he's supposed to do. And what we find is, man, when large people groups that are antagonistic to the gospel begin to lose power and influence, Rage ensues. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Rage ensues. And we've seen this pattern over and over and over. So Paul and the believers leave. <laughs> yeah. Right. They go to Berea and they follow him. <laughs> right. Like, like they follow Paul down. They really want his head. Right. And the problem is, listen, Paul is declaring that Jesus is king. Right. right? Paul is declaring that Jesus is king. And they're saying, yo, he's acting contrary to Caesar's decrees claiming that there's another king, Jesus, and this is a part of the gospel, right? That was so important for the early Christians. Christ is king. He is Messiah. He is Lord, right? Right. Meaning that our allegiance, our faith, our hope should be put in him, not anyone on earth. Ah, that's good, man. Yo, uh, so they chase him down there. Paul gets (laughs) mad and upset. Or People come to Paul and they're like, yo, Paul, you got to get out of town, yo. They're coming for you. You got to get out of town, bro. Right, right, right. So, in, like, this is huge, right? Because in Acts 18, there's going to be a time where persecution comes mm-hmm. and God's going to say, yo, Paul, stay. This yeah. time it's like it's come, it comes and God says, yo, Paul, go. So there yeah. is not one cookie cutter way to respond, right? There's sometimes mm-hmm. wisdom is going to tell us, man, go. They after your head, yo. Sometimes yeah. it's going to tell us to stay and fight. All right. So Paul goes to Athens. Athens and, and this is yeah. the crazy thing, right? Mm. Athens isn't one of Paul's destinations. It's just supposed to be a pit stop. They're mm. like, yo, Paul, wait for us in Athens, get a nice hotel, put your feet up, watch some Law & Order reruns until uh, <laughs> Silas and all them come. Then we're all going to go to Corinth. But mm. Paul, even on a pit stop, right? So it's going to start off and says, look, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, mm-hmm. Then Paul's like, man, yo, man, I'm just going to go out, man. I'm going to walk the strip. I'm going to look around at the town. Mm. And it's like, once again, it comes out of him. And so it says, yo, Paul goes and starts to 
reason with people in the synagogues, in the marketplace, and just starts to talk and observe. And as a result of this, right, he just finds himself, look, on a pit stop, providentially placed in one of the most strategic settings. Athens was a college town, a center of education at this time. And it said that they loved to hear things that were new. And Paul just so happens to be in this place proclaiming this new guy. So they're like, yo, Paul, come over here and talk at the Areopagus. And Paul talks. And what I love is once again, Paul's going to find a way to get to the gospel. And Paul's not going to look at these folks and say, y'all heathens worshiping all these wrong gods. But Paul looks at their culture and realizes there is something to be redeemed here. Paul's like, man, y'all got like 300 idols. Y'all really want to make sure that you worship God. And y'all don't even want to leave anybody out of the credits. So you, so you even made this joint called to the unknown God. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Paul's going to say, no, look, I see y'all's devotion. Mm. Paul's going to say, I think your problem is ignorance. So let me just help you understand what it is that you're really trying to seek after. And he gives one of the most famous speeches in the book of Acts. And we don't have time to go through that. But mm -hmm. once again, he starts with creation and mm -hmm. he moves to forgiveness of sins, judgment, resurrection, mm -hmm. and the gospel gives an amazing speech. And at the end of the day, it's going to say some sneered at him, some laughed, but then mm. I love how it ends. It's like, but some believed amongst mm. them were um, Dionysius, the Areopagite. And so it gives this name and you see, even on a pit stop, mm. Paul was prepared to preach the gospel. And as a result of that, he changed the eternal destiny of people. Mm. Yeah. And I love the way that, like you said, man, he, tailors his gospel to this particular people group, but right. also knows about their beliefs, right? Right. And he actually, um, you know, quotes one of their own poets, right? right? And uses that to like a cultural reference to right. tie in how that points to the God of the universe. Right. And so, man, we have to know the idols of a place right. uh, uh, to reach the people of a place. That's so that's, that's, uh, that's super great. excellent. Uh, 18, Corinth. Yeah. All right, we know... He's in Corinth now. He meets Priscilla um, and Aquila. And, you know, he kicks it there some. And eventually, you know, starts working there, get a job. You know, tent maker, bam, we, we work together. But he's still doing the gospel at the same time. You can right. have a regular job and still present the right, gospel. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, and remember in Corinth, they was wilding, right? If you anything, if you're familiar with First Corinthians at all, you know that this was a church who was involved in a lot of wild stuff. And, you know, once again, in this same place, we have the hard-heartedness of the Jews, right? Yeah. And like you said, man, you know, he's going through a ton. They're trying to take his head again in, right. in Corinth. And God says, stay, right? Yeah. And like they, like you said, there's sometimes in ministry or where we are, man, the opposition doesn't mean we need to leave, right? <laughs> right? right? Like just because it's hard and it's right. difficult. And that's a principle for life. But it's, but it's also specifically a ministry like, that doesn't mean you need to go to a different place just because it's hard in this particular place. Right. And we just, yeah, we just get frustrated so easily, bro, when things aren't shaking and baking. Yeah. But God promises like, man, I got folks in this city, bro. Like, right. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And once again, man, listen, the way we move in life mm. is totally predicated 
right. based off of what we believe about God's promises. Yeah. Mm. Right? That is, that is, that is literally your entire life, every single thing you do, how you live every single day is predicated whether you believe what God says or not. Right. That is ultimately what it boils down to. Right. And Paul stays for another year and a half, fam. Right. Think about That's how crazy. obedient that is. I would have right. been like, God, I could do too much. <laughs> like, bargain with me. But like, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. He stays another year and a half. Right. And, you know, uh, and then after that, yeah, he has... Uh, to Ephesus for a third missionary journey. Yep. Bro, what I love about all of this too, I mean, chapter 20 is going to end in Macedonia and I'm just trying to bring context to all of this, right? Mm. Paul starts this off in Acts chapter 16 and there is this specific call, right? God saying, uh, this dream, I want you to go to Macedonia to help. But Mm. then track where he goes. He goes from Macedonia to Thessalonica to Athens to Corinth to Ephesus back to mm-hmm. Macedonia. Um, and what you see is Paul only got the miraculous call to go one place, but he goes on this like church planting missionary spree. Mm-hmm. And so you see mm-hmm. that the call of God doesn't always have to be miraculous vision and dream, sometimes it's as simple as I'm on a pit stop, there's a need right in front of me, I'm going to be obedient. And as I do Mm -hmm. what God calls me to do right where I'm at, then God's going to lead me on to the next thing. So Ephesus, Paul gets there, sits there, they start to preach, man, I love Acts Mm -hmm. 19.10. It talks about their evangelism and reasoning, and it says this, this went on for two years so that all the residents of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. Not saying they all responded, but look at how, look at how like after it they were, that after two years of being in this spot, all the residents, Jews and Greeks, right, of this yeah, country, this huge landmass, heard of the gospel. I think it's challenging to me because uh, I've been on my street seven years. And I'm, I can't be confident that all the people on my street have heard mm. the gospel, right? And so it just mm. gives us perspective on, all right, what are we really here for? I don't have to wait for some uh, vision in the night of somebody at the end of my street calling out for help and assume that that means that I should go preach the gospel to them. But there's something about yeah, it just being the very driving force of my life, the very fabric of my DNA, then anytime I find myself in an interaction with somebody else, somehow or some way, there can be a beeline made to it. Yep, absolutely. And in uh, 19 too, you have 19 as well. Like you have these Jewish exorcists who are who are doing <laughs> these kind of miracles and basically they're doing it in the name of Jesus, right? right. And it's just like, yeah, these kind of like false prophets and stuff like that. And so Paul is doing his ministry Right. And eventually uh, the the guy who's uh, doing things in the name of Jesus falsely is kind of mimicking what Paul is doing. Trying to. Trying to. <laughs> right. And then eventually, like he gets humiliated. His miracles start working. And, you know, we see the name of Jesus lifted up because Paul uh, is firm and stands his ground right. with that. And you just have so many people coming to repentance. Right. Yeah. In 19 to the point where a lot of people who was doing the sorcery come and start becoming servants, you know what I'm saying? And so they they took their their books and all that kind of stuff 
uh, where they would put their magic and their, their spells in the books, yeah. right? They burned them, right? They burned the books. And bro, um, I read something where it's or it talked about like uh, the amount of books that they burned yeah. was worth like $6 million, bro. And the gospel starts to affect the economy of a town. Bro. Things change. And do you know what? People get mad. They get hot, right? Yeah, yeah, look. People are okay with you preaching the gospel Mm. until it affects something, right? So Mm. it's like, even in, yo, as we're getting ready to near Juneteenth and we talk about freedom and all of that stuff, America was okay with preaching the gospel Mm. uh, until your gospel implications start to affect um, our money and our ability to own people as property and make all of this Mm. profit now we're gonna fight this good old war right we're Mm. okay with you preaching Mm. the gospel paul and everybody being able to hear about this word but wait a minute Mm. this gospel is starting to affect us booksellers and you Mm. see them they go and approach and they say yo this man is upsetting the economy the stock market is all off because people aren't investing in these things Mm. and that's when they really come after his head. Yeah, we're cool with a gospel that talks about the forgiveness of sins. Right. But we ain't cool with a gospel that talks about burning our idols. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's the very thing that right. happens here. Remember, all throughout the Old Testament, God is like, yo, burn these idols, tear them down, tear them right. down. We see this thing coming to truth, uh, coming to fruition here as well, where um, people are literally burning their idols. And then in verse 20, say, in this way, the word of the Lord spread and prevailed. Amen. And we just see god's word over and over again these people who formed a riot yeah uh for paul uh still can't stop yeah the gospel from going out 20 last one yeah bro i love 20 because paul is like i gotta go to jerusalem i gotta do what i gotta do folks is like yo hey man we don't really we don't really know um the ephesian elders where he where he talks to them and he's like yo i'm out you know what i'm saying like and I'm going to give you guys, and he, this is the first kind of like uh, sermon to like Christians yeah. per se, like people who are already believers. And he's going to talk to these elders and, uh, you know, he's going to tell them like, man, I'm laying out my ministry as an example to you guys for ministry as well. Right. Yeah. Watch out for heresy. Take care of your possessions. Uh, remember the grace of the Lord. And, you know, it's this verse, man, at, at the very end where he just says like, yo, man, I know chains and afflictions await me. Yeah. But he he gives one of the best life uh, theme verses ever. He says, but I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. Everything Paul did flowed from that statement. Amen. And every, everything we do should as well. Amen. Yeah. Let's pray. God, we pray that truth would be true of all our lives. I pray that we would count our lives of no value um, other than being able to fulfill the mission that you've called uh, for us to do. Father, help us to live our lives with uh, a type of reckless abandon, Lord, where we show the world that there is something that we love more than this life uh, here. God, fill us with that vision, with that purpose. I pray that you would help us to drive forward, that we would use every interaction, even those that come in our pit stops, to testify of your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.